Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight at 6 o'clock, you'll hear the pregame show for the Blues and the Stars right here on 101 ESPN, followed by the call of tonight's game on the Blues Radio Network. And the man on the call, of course, is Chris Kerber, who joins us right now in the fast lane with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Kerbs, uh, I know that you love hockey. I know that you love Blues hockey. I know that you love your job. But season like this goes down the way it has. There's got to be somewhat enjoyment that uh, tonight you can kind of wrap it all up. You know, it's, it's a funny aspect of things, Anthony, because in that sense, yeah, you, you know that since it's inevitable, you want it to stay that way. Uh, and you're like, okay, let's just get it over with. But I, I, was, I was thinking about this about a half hour ago. I, there's nothing. I, I absolutely love sitting behind a microphone calling a game. And, and, and when I sit back, I'm like, man, most of April, May, June, July, August, we're talking nearly five and a half, six months before we get to do it again. That that part kind of stinks. So I'm going to just uh, – we'll take in tonight. Hopefully we see a good effort, some fun, and uh, and enjoy the last one for a little while. But as Jamie knows, when you're sitting there doing a game, and just like you guys doing a show, man, it's just – it's kind of go time and it's enjoyable. It's what we do. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot of fun, that's it's for sure. It's what we do. That's right. Hey, Curves, uh, a young man by the name of Hugh McGing made his NHL debut last night. He got the the customary victory lap. No bucket on out there yesterday. It's always fun, isn't it, to see a young player get out there for their first NHL game? I was talking with him last night when we got here to the hotel. Is uh, Those young guys are making sure that they're waiting for all the veteran guys to get on the elevator first. And, um, and, and I just said, how'd it go? And, and he, he, he mentioned about three or four times how cool it was that his family was able to get down from Chicago to see him. So uh, awesome moment. Uh, I, I'm really, I, I think it was a great thing by the organization, too. It sends, it sends several messages, doesn't it, Jamie? It sends a message, one, uh, your draft pick, you matter. Two, you go down there, you play hard, we'll notice it. And that he's done that for three years, and his first year was the COVID year when they were in Utica, which was a challenge. You know, and then, and then more importantly, you know, it's it's just it, it sends a message throughout the organization that uh, that they'll give you a chance to come up and play, and and I think that's 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 an extremely important carrot that the coach in the minor leagues and the players in the minor leagues know exist because that's what helps fuel the work ethic down there. So cool experience for him. Thought he looked just fine. Boy, you could see his speed. He's a small guy, just five point uh, five feet six. But at the same time, to hear him just uh, the most important thing being the fact that his family was able to get in and see it, it had it gave him such pride that I thought it was awesome. 
Curbs, a two-part question for you here regarding Hugh McGing and his line mates last night. At any point, did you confuse him with Nathan Walker? And part two of this question is, if you had $100 to bet on which one of them is taller, is it McGing, Krug, or Walker? Uh, okay. If I had to put 100 bucks, I'm going... I'm going Krug on the left is the tallest, Walker in the middle, and McGing on the right. Oh, now we're going to have to find out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll have to have Ray Barilli have a measure off before the game tonight. Yeah, well, listen, here's the one thing I know about all three of them. A lot of those guys play like they're six foot four, six foot five, and they play a lot different than some of our tallest guys. So, uh, you know, don't let's not – again – the heart of the lion might be uh, more important than the size of the cat. No, I agree 100%. I said that about Nathan Walker last week. I said Nathan Walker skates around like he's six foot four. Don't anybody tell him he's not because of the way he plays. And that's why I kind of asked you the question about, you know, confusing McGing and Walker last night. Both smaller guys in stature, uh, both left handed shots, but both get after it. They're buzzing out there, finishing their hits, getting in, winning puck battles. I really liked what I saw. Man, the. There's just something very basic, just very basic about the game of hockey when a player comes in. And if you're Nathan Walker, you've got a one-way contract next year, but you know there's no guarantee. Somebody they can just simply put you on waivers, and then you're just getting paid one-way money to play down to the minors if you don't get picked up, right? Uh, you've got to do things that make yourself valuable. And i got to tell you, at least in my time with the Blues, frankly, maybe my time in pro hockey, I don't know if there's an easier coach to understand what you need to do to make yourself valuable to this coach and, and what he expects. And so maybe it's not you – know, maybe down in Springfield you're sitting there, hey, I'm a top six player, I'm on the power play, I'm on the penalty kill. You know, but, but that's not an option here. So if your only option is, is, is six, seven minutes on the fourth line, you better find a way to make sure you're noticed and understood on that fourth line or you don't stick. It's just really that simple. And you can fight it mentally – you can fight it physically. You can sit there and say, well, this isn't right. They're not using me right. They're not giving me a chance. They're not doing this. Hey, here's the question. Do you want to stay in the National Hockey League right now and get seen enough that maybe even another team creates an opportunity for you or not? And if the answer is yes, then you know exactly what you have to do. And in my opinion, guys like Nathan Walker have that figured out and know exactly what they have to do. Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, right here on the Blues Radio Network, 101 ESPN, joining us here in the Fast Lane. Kerbs, what do you think the number one storyline will be this offseason for the Blues? Well, the clear most important thing of the next big moment for the St. Louis Blues is going to be May 8th. That's, that's the first number one storyline uh, that, that you cross. That's when they, they do the draft lottery. The Blues cannot finish. Uh, any lower than the 11th overall pick, which means even if at 3%, they were to win that draft lottery, they get the first overall pick. And there's two drawings for the second and the first. So there's two opportunities for the Blues to move up to either number two or number one. So that, that to me, is, is number one. Now, depending on what happens with Washington, Detroit, and Vancouver, all those games playing tonight, and what happens with the Blues, the Blues could end up finishing as high as the eighth overall pick. So May 8th is the, is the next most important day. That sets where they're going to pick. Will they have their first top 10 pick since taking Alex Petrangelo uh, for fourth overall? We'll have to wait and find that out. After that, it's clearly what do they do on the draft right at the end of June in Nashville? That's the next big storyline. Who do they pick with that high pick? What do they do with the other two first-round picks in the rest of the draft? 
uh, is the next big storyline. And then clearly the third one is going into free agency. You know that this team does not have a whole heck of a lot of cap space, only four and a half to five million in cap space, assuming that the cap does not go up more than the one million dollars. So are they going to move some players out at the draft into free agency? And then what does Doug Armstrong do? He told you he was looking for a a middle range 26 year old player with term. Uh, that's the type of player he's looking for. So to me, those are the biggest storylines heading from now until July 1st that I think I'm looking at. Curbs, when we look at this Blues roster, what is the what is the number one thing that the Blues need to address going into next season? Because there are a lot of positives in this lineup. I'm talking to Anthony yesterday about it, and you go through this this group of players, you go player for player, and they're not that far off. It's not like it's a disastrous squad. This is a really good group of players that just didn't have the success they needed this year. But if you're Doug Armstrong, what are you trying to isolate? Are you looking for you know a defenseman? I know that's a crowded dance floor already back there. Or are you looking for another forward? Is it a checker? Is it a scorer? What would be, your, in your opinion, what would you look for? Well, you, have, you figure you're 14 points out of a playoff spot. That's seven wins. What, what do you have to do differently with this group of players to find seven wins? And to me, it's very clearly one thing that will give you a chance, and that is that is your defending as a five-man unit. So, Jamie, I, I don't know so much that I, – I, look, there's clearly a hole. If Pavel Buchnevich stays at center, there's clearly a hole on the left wing. If Pavel Buchnevich moves back to the wing, there's clearly a hole at center. So there are obvious holes that have to be filled in that but whatever those holes and however those holes are filled and whether or not you move a defenseman or two and open up some room for a Tyler Tucker, maybe a Matt Kessel to move into the fold. However, that all shakes out. The one thing that has to change, whether it be through attitude, through grit, through personality, or through systems, the team defense as a unit five on five has to improve. We saw it on the first goal of the game last night. The puck comes in. It's Suter that puts it on goal. Hofer makes the save. The defensemen were defending the play right in the middle and on the other side. And it was another player. It was a forward, Johnston, that gets to the puck, puts it in off the rebound before we even see two veteran forwards that were out on the ice getting back into the picture to defend it. There just hasn't been a hard enough commitment, I think, as a unit of five to defend. And it's left a lot of individualistic play out there as a result. So, yeah, look, there are some... There are some personnel things that need addressing, but I'm not sure those personnel things matter if uh, if the overall system and, and attention to that kind of detail from the players on the ice makes it. Uh, if, if that part doesn't change, then I don't know that the personnel makes a difference. Curbs, enjoy the last call of the year, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, guys, have an awesome uh, have an awesome week. Thanks for all the help this season, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime next week. We appreciate you. Thanks, Curbs. See ya. All right, see you guys.